Hello ladies and welcome back to Ordinary Things Extraordinary Love. My name is Jennifer and you may know me as Bibles and Boots. Ordinary Things Extraordinary Love is a podcast aimed at helping women cultivate prayer lives. I want to invite you this Christmas season to join me as we unwrap some amazing episodes from the vault. As we switched platforms, I didn't want to lose sight of some awesome interviews we have with ladies who are full of inspiration and insight into the kingdom of God. Join us by listening to each of these episodes with your Bible, journal, pen and highlighter, and a cozy drink. And even if you've heard some of these interviews before, I want to invite you to stay tuned and join us anyway, because before and after each episode, I'm going to offer a little bit more to the experience, more that you can take into your personal prayer lives and experience this Christmas season possibly like never before. I hope this season is full of prayer opportunities for you, and I hope that you come to know Christmas a little deeper and a little bit more special this year with us. When you're ready, unpause this and let's dive into an awesome interview together. Ladies, in my throwback interview today, I had the opportunity to talk with Missy Rose. Missy is a wonderful example of motherhood. She has biological kids, adopted kids, and a piece of insight into her family life through way of her prayer experience, how she shares Christ with her family, the gift that her and her spouse have experienced through bringing these children into their home, how they've captivated their hearts, and how these particular parents have not only led their kids to Christ, but how their kids have led them to Christ. Today, in our personal prayer, before hearing this throwback interview, I want to invite you to open up your Bible to Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. Adoption is definitely a conversation that has come up on a couple of these episodes, but Missy really offers the unique perspective of being an adoptive parent. We've talked to people who have been adopted or um, might just share some of their experience with adoption, but Missy Rose's story is unique to what we've heard on this podcast before, and I'm very excited for you to hear it. And if you've already heard it, I invite you to take this opportunity of sitting with scripture and entering into this conversation through way of word of the Lord. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17 reads, for those who are led by the are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Sisters, we have that same voice that cries, Abba, Father, we have that same spirit who brings about our adoption through sonship of Christ. Now, I might share this in the episode, so spoilers, But adoption is so beautiful when read through the lens of Scripture because God is reminding us of His call on our heart. He's reminding us 
that in the times of Romans, when a child was born, they could be left to die if they were given away, abandoned, or whatever. And, and, that, and that was moral. That was just. But a child that was adopted was chosen. They were set apart. And once taken, they could never be returned. And that's the gift that God offers us through adoption. And that's the gift we offer when we experience adoption. That's the gift Missy was able to offer to her children. Join me in this beautiful conversation. I look forward to sharing it with you. Hey, Missy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jennifer. (laughs) How are you today? I'm doing really good. It's been a great day. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, got my peach tea here. Sorry, I was a little bit... took me a minute to get that uh, link over to you because I was warming up my tea, but it is just a nice cool day in Michigan. I'm not sure where you're at, but I just love the cozy tea weather. I'm all about it. Well, I'm warming up my second cup of coffee of the day um, from the microwave. Um, yes. Hashtag mom life. Um, and it's in the mid-70s here in Northern California, so it's starting oh. to feel like fall, but um, not quite. <laughs> what flavor is your coffee? Oh, it is It is just straight-up black coffee. Okay, I can totally dig that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great. So like I said, welcome to the podcast. So this podcast, um, hopefully as you know, is just, just oriented towards meeting young women and inviting them into a space of prayer. And after reading through your tweets and checking out your Instagram, I just feel like you have a lot to offer the ladies who listen to this and I'm just really excited to have you on. So, um, I already know you mentioned mom life, right? With the warming up your coffee again, but if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe how old you are or what you do or, you know, just a little invitation into the life of Missy Rose. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm excited to be here too. Uh, so my name is uh, Missy Rose Ewing and I am 37 years old and I am a wife and a mom of four. Um, I am an at-home mom. Um, and I have, so my four children are 12, 9, 8, and 20 months. Um, my two oldest are our biological sons, David and Timmy. And then our younger two are um, adopted or in the process of being adopted through foster care. So Lily is 8, and Cece is 20 months, and she is our, our newest addition. She came to us two months ago through the foster care system. Um, and we'll probably be legally adopted in about four more months, maybe five, depending on the process. Um, besides that, uh, I have been, uh, raised in Christian churches my whole life. Uh, and then my husband and I, shortly after we were married, decided to become Catholic. And so we went through what's called the RCIA process and came into the church uh, the same year that our oldest son was born. Beautiful. Wow, that's an incredible, that's an incredible uh, testimony and daily life to you. That's, that's a lot going on for sure, and I'm really excited to dive more into that. 
Um, so as I told you when we started chatting at the beginning, uh, before we hit the record button, this is our little series for Advent. And I just felt it on my heart and in my prayer to focus on um, just the pro-life issue and just the dignity of life um, issue that I know our society struggles with. And I know a lot of people have different elements of what that looks like and what that means to them. And I thought with the very little that I know about you, um, your story seems to fit right in there. And I'm really excited about that. We just wrapped up as people are listening to this, we just wrapped up our eight Beatitudes series. And um, it was a blessing to get to know the young women who shared their testimony about how the different Beatitudes um, have struck a chord in their life. So if those listening haven't heard that yet, I highly encourage you to go back and hear that. It's just such a joy to hear so many different testimonies and so many beautiful stories. And um, yeah, so your story is profoundly beautiful to me. I'm actually adopted. I was adopted at 10 years old. And so to meet somebody who has a passion to adopt, um, I think is really cool because I only know adoption from, you know, the 10 year old's mind and kind of growing into that and seeing what that looks like. And for myself, not feeling adopted um, because I just kind of became part of my family um, just so naturally. And so it just never really feels like I'm not part of it in any way. Um, so what I would like to know, what inspired you um, to choose adoption and fostering? A lot of times it, you hear about it from women who um, can't have children or from men who can't have children. And you touched on the fact that your oldest two are biological. So what might have inspired you to consider adopting and, and foster care as well? A lot of good questions, um, and I'm so glad I didn't know that you were adopted. It's um, it's always nice to talk to other people who um, have experience in the adoption world. Um, it just it can be very daunting sometimes to explain to people the process uh, and why we would choose it um, if they don't have any prior experience. Uh, but it it's something that has been on my heart uh, for most of my life. I actually shortly after we brought Lily home from foster care, I found a paper that I had written when I was 14 in high school about my future life. And one of the things that I said was that I imagined myself with a large family, some biological and some adopted. Um, and I got goosebumps because I don't remember writing it, but apparently it had yeah. been um, on my heart for that long. Um, wow. It's crazy how uh, God works, how um, those seeds planted at such a young age have blossomed in the life of my family. Uh, but it was shortly after uh, the birth of my second son, um, I had some health complications that meant that uh, any more biological children would be very dangerous for me. Um, pregnancy and childbirth would not be something that would be easy for me. Um, so my husband and I started looking at other options and uh, through adoption and very quickly settled on foster care. Um, I think both my husband and I had had experience growing up with children who had been um, in the foster care system. And so the idea of being able to go into um, that hard place um, as Christians, um, to go to um, 
children in need and to bring our own love and Christ's love into that place was something that moved us both. Also, um, I'm not sure how people are aware of, of the process, but adoptions from foster care um, are extremely financially affordable. Um, we work through a nonprofit where our our cost to adopt will be less than a thousand dollars. Wow! And that's very different than international or domestic child adoption, which can run typically right now somewhere close to forty or fifty thousand dollars. That's crazy! Wow! <laughs> so that was something so, that was financially affordable for us at that time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, we started researching about ways to go about in foster care to uh, bring children into our lives who needed a permanent situation, which is different than the typical foster care process. So typically, if you are a foster parent, you are fostering um, with what's called concurrent planning. So one plan is if biological parents are able to regain custody and reunify with their children. And the other plan going on at the same time is if that's not able to be accomplished, where would the children then go permanently? And we come into the process a little further on when the, um, the process has been worked for a while. And unfortunately, biological parents are not going to be able to reunify with their child or children. Um, and then our agency comes in and is able to match those children with families who are sure that they are willing to adopt. Wow, that is, that's really incredible. Thank you for giving us a little insight into that because you're right, when you don't have experience with that, you don't know what that looks like. And to be honest, I was not a foster care child. My story is a little bit different. Um, just having been a family friend and looked over by my, um, the people who became my parents. So it definitely is a different story, but um Wow. Yeah, that is incredible. And what a what a crazy thing that not only God placed it in your heart, but he made it so accessible to you through this nonprofit. That is just so beautiful. It, it really is a testimony that when when God wants something to happen, he will do the work to accomplish it. And that's been um, so much my life story, but definitely I've seen it in the foster adoption process that um, turning it over to prayer to him and saying, Lord, I, I am not capable of doing this myself, but I know that if it's, it's, if it's your will that you will accomplish it. Yeah, that that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that, Missy. That is so beautiful. And I, I know that, you know, there are people who are listening who might, um, whether it's something like adoption or just like family planning in any capacity might really resonate with what you had to say. And then also um, just like being open to discerning God's will and God's call. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's my pleasure to hear. Um, so, it's really um, adopting our children has meant that whether or not I wanted to become an evangelist for <laughs> foster care adoptions, yeah. um, we've had so much joy in this journey that it, it really is um something that naturally kind of bubbles out of us to share. What a gift, such a gift that you have, you know, um, incredible. So you definitely, this is a good segue, I think. So one question I really think is important to ask 
um, those that I'm chatting with, but also just like everybody. I just, I have a profound love for prayer and that's kind of what this podcast was brought out of. Um, having met young women on Twitter, just in conversation, asking them about their prayer, having anywhere from 13 to 30 year old women, um, inbox me and ask me for either advice or prayer support, or, you know, just seeing all the tweets that are out there. Can you pray for this? Or can you pray for that? I think it's so important to build up a culture of prayer. And that's something that's very, um, very much on my heart. And so that's why this podcast has started to pray with women and in other episodes, we'll open up scripture together and break that apart. Um, but particularly in these more interview, um, episodes. I just like to know what prayer looks like for you. Obviously, you have to have a strong prayer life to do what you do because without it, I don't know how it would work as well. And it just seems like God is so blessing your life um, through what he's calling you and inviting you into. And I can imagine that that takes warming up your coffee twice and taking time away and figuring out what God wants to do with you next. And so I would love if you would share with us what that looks like just on the daily for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, on a daily basis, uh, for the last two years or so, I have committed to um, morning prayer. So through the Catholic Church, there's something called the Liturgy of the Hours or the Divine Office. And these are prayers that um, our priests and our deacons and our religious commit to saying at least some of these hours every day. And I have um, developed quite a love for morning prayer. So it starts out with a couple of psalms um, and then a brief reading from scripture. Uh, it includes intercessions that are prayed by everyone. So the whole church is praying these intercessions every morning, as well as um, a brief gospel passage that is repeated every morning. Um, and I, I have, and in our father as well. And I have found that it has uh, breathed a real joy into my mornings. And it also means that I have started the day with prayer. And if I never get a chance again throughout the course of a busy day uh, to sit down and intentionally communicate with God, I have done that at the beginning of the day. However, I also... I really do feel that it helps to breathe the intention into the rest of my day that all the acts that I am doing are a prayer uh, to God, that I believe that everything that we, we do, if done with intention, helps us participate in the life of grace that God offers in our world and that we can participate in that love if, we are, um, if we're choosing to. So everything can become an act of prayer. And my, my family and my home um, are a source of continual prayer uh, if I am breathing in that life constantly. Um, I would say that also for both my husband and I, that uh, the sacraments, so being in church on a regular basis um, as we have been going through this process, this time bringing Cece into our lives, um, before she came home, I would go to church probably four or five times a week and make for sure that I was participating in Mass as much as possible so that that way I was um, having that really strong relationship with our Lord. Otherwise, none of this is possible. 
absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And it is important to take personal prayer. And I think I find it interesting, but not surprising when I hear of young moms who really gravitate towards the um, morning prayer because it's so ordered. And I feel like with a life that's probably chaotic as a mom and you never know what's going to happen next. Like you said, you don't know if you are going to get more prayer time in, let alone when you could. And so having like an ordered structured prayer where you don't have to think or create or be inspired, you know, in, but could be inspired throughout, I think is, is a great way to start your day. Um, I am not a mom yet, or, um, I don't have like a overly crazy, I don't know. Um, I guess overly crazy things that must happen every day. My life is pretty go with the flow. My job is a work from home position. Um, and I can kind of figure things out. Um, and so I don't necessarily need that same structure in the morning, but I do find joy in it sometimes when, um, when I'm not sure what to pray or I'm not sure where the Lord's leading next. And so I think that's beautiful that you do that and that you bring that into your home, um, just by feeding your own soul in the morning. I think that's so important. How then does prayer look like in your family? So I know you talked about you and your husband, just it being a priority to you guys and that you might've went to church more before, um, CC was, became part of your family, but what does prayer look like with a family with four children? Uh, complicated and messy and very loud. And I'm sure all yeah. things that, uh, <laughs> it's, and I think that that's really important, especially for women to understand. I think that there's a lot of misunderstandings that prayer is something that you only do, um, alone or very quietly and it needs to look um, like it does in church that to be holy is to be um, silent and, and um, contemplative and well um, that's just right. not the way that God has ordered our lives and our families so um, I think that the Lord loves our messy prayers um, and our loud prayers um, a quiet church is a dying church so we need um, all of us in our family to be who we are in our prayer. So uh, in our family, that looks like there's always ma- meal prayers. Um, I've taught my children a version of the morning offering that they pray before they um, we break breakfast, b- before we have breakfast together um, as a, a little family before they go off for school. And then um, at the end of the day, there is always a prayer before bed. And one of my favorite parts of that that tradition that we've established is that the last thing that they do before they go to bed is to thank God for one thing that happened that day. Um, and it's it's what's beautiful about it is what they choose to be thankful for. And you just you never yeah. know what's going to pop into their heads what what was special in that moment. And it really does give them um, eyes of spirituality, so like kingdom eyes. So looking through their whole day and seeing where God was present in their lives. So from an early age, um, children know that God is present to them. They they see hmm. uh, the gifts that they have been given, and sometimes much more clearly than we do. We we tend to make things so much more complicated as adults. So their simple prayers sometimes really do knock me off my feet with uh, 
the Holy Spirit, the, those moments of realizing, oh man, they saw that a lot more clearly than I did. Um, yeah. And then uh, with, with the little one, um, she learns from her older siblings now. So she's learning how to say amen at the end of her prayers and it's, uh, oh. and put her hands together for amen. And it's adorable. It really does just um, grace abounds just all over the place. <laughs> Wow, that is awesome. What a, how beautiful that the children can share with each other, you know, that grace and holiness that they're picking up from you guys that they want to inspire. And so even in their own little home, they can inspire each other and teach each other. And that, that is such a blessing. Um, so that actually, this conversation is leading so beautifully, which should not be a surprise. But um, I did want to ask, like with, with foster care and biological children, um, you hear some stories sometimes that it's not always easy for my family. It was, I became right part of the family and it felt like I never was not part of the family. Do you find that to be in your home too? Or do you find that there's ever any kind of hesitation? I know your children are still a little younger. Um, but is there any division ever that feels like, well, we're adopted or we're biological and that might be different or do they see each other as brother and sister? No questions asked. They really, uh, they love each other. And this is, this is a decision that, that we made as a family. So our boys have been a part of the process from minute one. It was never, this is something that, you know, your father and I have decided for you. It's really something that, that our boys, um, have, have been a part of. So when our, uh, older daughter Lily became legally adopted. You have to go to court, and the judge declares them your 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 child. And our younger of our two boys actually interrupted the judge at the courthouse as she was um, making the proclamation and said, "You know, I just I want to tell you, Your Honor." And this was he was five years old at the time. Um, he said, "This is my sister, and she's a part of our family for forever." for all the minutes. And, um, there wasn't oh, a dry nice. eye in the courtroom because he really got it. They both did. And so when we um, started to feel the pull again to adopt, we went to all three children, my husband and I, we sat down with them and said, we really are feeling called to adopt again, but what do you all think about it? And um, my oldest was like, yeah, I mean, every child deserves a home and a family and we have room to spare. And uh, Timmy, my younger yeah. son, says, you know, there's another empty seat at the table. So, fill it. Oh. Um, and my daughter, Lily, has just always wanted a sister. So she's all on board. And they absolutely love Cece. Um, I think it's been more of, honestly, within our family, there's, there's not any divisions of yours, mine, and ours. And that's something that I might be more passionate about because of my own lived experience, because I was a child who came from a broken family and there was a lot of division of whose children were whose. And um, that's not what I wanted for my own family. And so as my husband and I have, have grown our family, we've been very careful to make for sure that everyone understands that they are loved, that love grows and blossoms among us. And there is always more than enough to go around. And I think that that also is very important 
as Christian parents to know that there's no scarcity of love and that comes to us from Christ and it goes Mm -hmm. out into our family um, that a fear of there not being enough is not from God. Wow, absolutely. That is so beautiful. What a beautiful (laughs) little family you have. What a blessing from the Lord. I mean, just that a five-year-old could stand up and have that conviction just shows the testament again to your guys' prayer life and your spirituality and your trust and dependence on the Lord. And that's that's exactly what we're looking for in the church. And so I want to thank you for that and just thank you for your witness because we need more saints and we need more children who are going to step up and turn this generation around and be advocates, be disciples that are bold and courageous. And so, I, yeah, thank you so much for what you guys do in your home. Um, it's a blessing to those who your children are going to come in contact with and who those who hear your story and stuff. And so I'm very grateful for that. With such a beautiful family, I am excited to know what does Christmas look like for you? So as we are listening to this episode in the Advent season, do you guys have any Advent or Christmas traditions in your house that you're looking forward to? Or um, what does that look like for you um, It's so much fun. I, I've, and it's really developed over the years, like a little bit every year I'll find something else that will will add or um, change around. So starting a couple of years ago, uh, we put out our tree, but it is left undecorated until probably the, the week before Christmas, somewhere in there. And during that time, I'll wrap the tree in a purple ribbon. Um, purple being the color that we associate with Advent. So that during the Advent season, we really are still within our home uh, longing for Christ's birth, longing for him to be born into our our hearts and into our home and into our family. Um, And during that period of time, I, I leave one box under the tree and it's open. And every day during Advent, the children pick one non-perishable food item uh, in our pantry or if we're out at a grocery store and they put it into the box. And so it's kind of a reverse advent calendar. So rather than them getting something every day or us doing something, we fill that box slowly during the course of the advent season. And then when we go to mass on Christmas, we take that box, we have a, um, food pantry that operates out of our our church. And so we take that box full of all of the food items to the food pantry at church as part of our Christmas gift. And that is something that I, it's slowly developed over time and it's become a really lovely tradition for our children to understand that Christmas in their simple ways is about more than what they get. Absolutely. Wow. That's really cool. It's so fun. Um, for me, I just recently got married and so we're trying to figure out what that looks like in our home and, you know, we don't have kids yet, but we're thinking about what traditions we want to start before they get here and kind of develop them into. And that's really beautiful. Um, it's, it's pretty similar. I found on Pinterest one day, um, like a Santa sack that you give your kids and then, um, before Christmas comes, they give their toys to donate and you take them to a place to donate them. And just like what you're saying, 
it's just so important to teach children how to give back and what that looks like and how beautiful that your children get to come to the Lord on Christmas and present their offering. I think that's incredible. Um, wow. Yeah, that was better than what I could have <laughs> anticipated you to say for that. So thank you so much. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I love Advent. I love the Christmas season and I'm so excited. Um, yeah, Missy, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much for your testimony and your witness and you are just so beautiful, and I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to chat. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. I, I um, uh, it's so funny because you you don't really think in the course of your daily life about all of these things. So it's a real pleasure to take the time and away for a little bit and think about uh, the the life of the family and and how beautiful that witness can be. Absolutely. I can imagine when you're in it, it, it just becomes so normal. And yet to be reminded that it's actually extraordinary, you know, how you're living and the witness that you're giving your children. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful for you sharing that with us and just being able to consider it yourself. God is doing beautiful things in your home. And I know that some of the young ladies listening to this needed to hear it. And for that, I'm super grateful. Um, so usually during the podcast, I've been trying to wrap up with asking people um, what they're doing in their lives. Just a small answer, nothing profound or long, but just to, so for me, I think it's important to be happy, healthy, and holy. And I think those three things um, should be ingrained in who we are. And I just would like to know um, what that looks like for you. How would you say that you are, like, what's bringing you happiness, healthiness, and holiness? Um, in a this is going to maybe take a, a second to, to follow my train of thought, but it's I'm about that. Um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I realized that I was very overextended. So I'm the kind of person that says yes to everything. So if someone needs something or if there's some way that I can help, yes, 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 yes. Until I'm very run low. And so I've learned that no is a complete sentence. And there are times when I need to say no to things. And if I'm feeling polite, I can say no, thank you. And that is, you know, um, often how I would choose to go. <laughs> but that my no's leave me room for the, the most important things so that my priorities are straight, um, that our family's priorities are aligned properly, that we can contribute uh, to what is most important to us and know that we don't have to say yes to everything. And with that, everything can become a lot happier and healthier and holier. Um, I think I thought that yes was the only way to mm -hmm. be holy, but no is also an important aspect of being holy. Absolutely. And that sums it up so perfectly. Yeah, I know I struggle with that. I know a lot of people struggle with that. So thank you for that bold witness. Um, all right, Missy, I'm just going to close this up in a prayer. Again, it has been such a pleasure to have you um, on this episode. And what I like to do, um, sometimes it can get a little awkward, and that's totally fine. I'm all about awkward. But I'm just going to start us in a prayer and leave a little room for silence. If you want to add anything in, go ahead. Um, if not, I will just close with a glory beat and 
we will be done with Sounds this great. episode. Does that sound good? All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, just thank you so much for the gift of Missy Rose and for her family. Thank you for the joy that they bring in their little home to each other and to the world around them. Thank you for bold witnesses who are willing to step up and be disciples, not only in their home, but to those that they come in contact with. I pray in a particular way for all the young ladies listening to this episode that the words Missy shared can sit on their hearts and that they can be filled with joy and that if there was any connections that they had, Lord, that you worked through that, whether they are discerning something and are not sure how to take the next step, whether they are contemplating what God may have spoken years before and how he's bringing it to light now, or whatever you're doing in their hearts, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you've created this space for us to come together to worship you, to pray, and to share our story. Lord, you are our rescuer, our restorer. Thank you for all of the ways that you lead us as women through this Advent season. Help us to find you anew in our hearts so that no matter what you ask of us, that we are ready to give you our very best. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Thank you. You too. God bless, Missy. Take care.